everyone, welcome to Quantum Catechesis. I'm Father Joe Krupp and you are not. And today, 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 it's Friday, November something or other, and it's the year of our Lord, 2022. 11-11. What is it? 11, is it 2011? No. No, it's 11-11, November 11. 11-11-22. 11 plus 11 equals 22. Um, so it's good to see you all. I'm a little unprepared, and now... I am prepared because I just pulled up my screen. I'm really excited about yesterday's guest. Uh, although I did notice the link she put up, I could not donate to their thing. So you can do it. Si se puede, as they say in Espanol. Uh, it's Bish and Bash is the charity. And uh, it's through <clears throat> Hospital. Uh, I don't remember. Do you? Spectrum. What is it? Spectrum Health. Spectrum Health. DeVos Children's Children's Hospital. So uh, if you want to help out, please do so. I uh, took my dad's credit card and uh, boy, he really gave. Wow. Yeah, I didn't even know he had that much money Uh, and he doesn't anymore. So today uh, is our question and answer day, so get your questions ready, right? And a big shout out, of course, to our corporate sponsor, Celtic Cove Catholic Bookstore. The greatest name, the greatest bargains, the greatest faith. I just made that up right now. Are you doing? Had an interesting discussion last night on Facebook, and I was a bit naughty. Do you want to hear about it? Uh, yes. yes. So this person puts... You know, and it's one of those where someone put up a post and it's like, okay, proposal three passed and this sucks. And the, we're just so happy about abortion, people couldn't let it go. They couldn't just let these people have their moment. And if it was on my Facebook page, I promise I would have ignored it. But it was somebody else's who was just trying to do a, hey guys, the battle's not over, we can still give and we can still, and they came in, nish, nish, nish. And uh, I said, okay, when is it a baby? If it's not, when is it a human? And what criteria do you use to determine that? And then I got, this is a woman's right. Well, right, clearly, the Constitution just got changed. But, out of curiosity, when is it a human and how do we determine that? And then we got on to the church molested children. I'm like, if you send your kids to public school, you probably should be more worried there, statistically. Anyway, when is it a human? When is it? The church is a patriarchy. Okay, sure. When is it human? And we couldn't get there. And I'm not at all bitter. (laughs) Do they hear it different when I do that? Like if I move the scream, does it sound like a drive-by scream? Ready? Did it sound like a drive-by scream? That's what I want to know. Oh. <laughs> it's going to be one of those days, folks. I'm jacked up on caffeine and hamburgers. Actually, it was hamburger. Okay. It was a Euro burger. It was what? Euro burger. Yeah, it was lamb and dead cow. Okay. Dead lamb, dead cow, bun. And they were like, do you want us to put vegetables on there? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Does this look like a vegetable kind of stomach? So uh, next week, we'll continue our discussion on Moses. And don't forget, right, if you're going to remember anything about our time with Moses, remember that Moses supposes his toes are roses, but Moses supposes erroneously. Now, Moses, he knows his toes aren't roses, as Moses supposes his toes to be. No? Yes. She's letting it go. You know what? It's a Friday, so I have a lot to do over here. Yeah, there's a lot going on. I'll tell you what. We just had, I told Dad last night, I sat down, the day was over, and I said, we've had two really relentless scheduled days. And uh, I'm excited because Saturday, I shouldn't even say this because someone's going to die just to screw with me. (laughs) Please don't die. You can die, just not tomorrow. (laughs) Is that so hard? So tomorrow, I've got a couple hours of confessions or whatever, and then a funeral, and then I'm done. What the hay? Well, uh-oh. Aren't I? <laughs> <gasps> Don't! 
<laughs> there's just a couple of cleanup things, like uh, because we're heading into the holidays, <laughs> you have to write a bulletin article. <laughs> I know. Wait, but that doesn't involve humans. No. Yeah, I'm not around humans. That's great. That's rest. And I love humans. They're delicious. <laughs> so, uh, okay, someone said it did sound like a drive-by. Did you see that? Yeah. Let's do it again. <laughs> I like it. I like the visual. <laughs> I do, too. It, it's what I just did there. That's not easy. Uh, okay, so what we'll do now is, I guess, dive right into these questions. Oh, yeah, so we're going to start Moses, finish Moses probably next week. Uh, um, and if we do, then we're going to jump to Queen Esther. All right, so... Uh, I'm kind of excited about that. It, it, we're not going in order. I just thought, well, I did two dudes in a row. I might as well do a dudette, because we're going to do three and three. Yep. So this is my thinking. Uh, with that in mind, uh, let's look at our first question. Is this, from, is this from Andrea, like, New York, but not New York anymore? Right. OK. Well, yeah, because she's married to Craig, unless there's another Andrea with another Craig who recently attended their first TLM. The parish was offering reconciliation during mass. Is that common? Used to be. Uh, if it's a TLM parish that has a religious order, then they probably do that every time because they bunch up priests. You get me? Um, so uh, they used to, like when I was a kid, I went to confession during mass and it was so funny. I don't know how much contrition I had but I definitely had a desire to not be in mass. Do you know what I mean? It was like, do you want to go confess? Does it mean I don't have to sit here? Yeah. Yes, I do. I want to go confess. And I would confess my sister's sins. I would confess my neighbor's sins. And I'd make up a couple of my own. So, uh, yeah, that used to be common when there were more priests, uh, but uh, not so much anymore, unless a lot of TLMs can pull it off because you have religious order priests who will only pray the TLM. So now you've got a plethora of priests and not much to do. Well, not much to do. That sounded awful, but you know what I mean. Uh, and so they'll pray confessions during mass. Okay, a retired priest occasionally prays mass, says mass at my parish, and I have two questions. First, when he says the Our Father, he goes straight to the doxology and doesn't say a prayer in between. Do you know why? Do you know priests who do this? No. And do you feel that it's acceptable? No. I mean, he shouldn't be doing it, but I don't know what I don't know. Right? I don't know what I don't know. Um... Like, here's a weird example. Stick with me. Father Lay is from Fiji, right? Fiji prays mass. In Fiji, they often pray mass in English. Do you know about this? When the church changed the English translations in the U.S. in 2011, remember this one? All of a sudden, every sentence was this long. There were 9,000 commas, and no one has any idea what's going on. Yeah. They didn't change it in Fiji. And until Lay is incarnated as a priest of the diocese in Lansing, he's under that missile. Does this make sense? Mm -hmm. Really? Okay. So instead of asking questions, a person who isn't even a parishioner anymore, but gravely concerned about how heretical we are, wrote this. Why are you praying the wrong mass? Why are you? And they, you know, so it was one of those, I didn't write them back because they didn't ask questions. They just swung. But um, so you never know. You never know. I, I don't know why he would skip that. I can't think of a reason, um, but I don't know what I don't know. Does that make sense? Yes. So uh, if you're comfortable, it's okay to ask him, right? I think uh, one of my favorite rules is ask, don't accuse. Right? So, hey, Father, I noticed you don't say the prayer between the Our Father and the doxology. Um, what's that? <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, ask it as a question. You know, I, I got to tell you, uh, what was it? It was at Sacred Heart. I'll never forget this. I felt so bad. Sundays in my last assignment were pretty tough because I was driving a lot, praying a lot of masses, and I was tired. You know, well, 
Um, so all during Lent, you don't pray the Gloria, right? And somehow, after our Easter Sunday Mass, I stopped praying the Gloria. I just forgot. I got into the Lent pattern. Do you know what I mean? And this woman, I will never forget it. She said the most beautiful thing. It was after Mass, and she, she caught me in a lovely way. And she said, Father, may I ask why we're not praying the Gloria? And I said, dead serious, well, it's Lent. And then I went, it's not Lent. And she said, Father, I just love to sing the song of the angels. Oh, and I never forgot it after that, that I remember, that I know of. But that was a cool way to do it. Yeah. Hey, Father, may I ask why we're not playing the Gloria? And as soon as I said, it's Lent, I got to the T. It's Lent. Uh, it's Easter. I just forgot. And uh, that was really cool. I'd never thought of it that way. I really want to sing the song of the angels. Yeah. Okay. All right. Second. Oh, same dude. Okay. Instead of saying through him, with him, and in him, he says through Christ. Oh, dear. Sorry. Through Christ, with Christ, and in Christ. <coughs> I've never heard another priest do that. Thank you, Jesus. What are your feelings on that? He's trying not to say him. I know a priest who used to do this, but he's dead now, unrelated. Um, <laughs> can you imagine? No, he said Christ and they had to kill him. No, he should not do that. And there's a very specific reason. Ugh, this is hard to explain. I'm going to do my best. Okay. So when I hold up the, the sacred body and precious blood and say through him, with him, in him. Now listen to the rest. In the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever. Wait, through him, with him, in him. Oh, sorry. I said the old one. Dang it. Through him, with him, in him. Oh, God, the almighty father. In the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. It's a Trinitarian formula. Um, and we aren't free to change mass for our personal convictions. Yeah. If they want us, if they want us to have that freedom, what they write, and it's right in the book for the priest, right? So the black words we say, the red ones we do. And so when you look at that, which is called the doxology, through him, with him, and earth. My brain. Yeah, it's called the great doxology. Through him, with him, in him, O God, Almighty Father. When you look at that, the red says, says these words. There's other times where it'll say in these or similar words. So they give you wiggle room where they want you to have wiggle room. I'm going to be candid. I can't think of a reason he would do that that is legal and permissible. Um, and again, it goes back to a trouble that we all run into of pretending the mass is ours, our personal possession. No, the mass is something we participate in. The mass belongs to God. You know, it'd be like walking in someone's house and rearranging the furniture, which I've done at Chuck's house. He doesn't have furniture. So my real question is that the church has pretty specific guidelines on how they want mass said. So can a priest get his worst slapped for doing it, wrist slapped for doing it wrong? Yeah, uh, you know, it's one of those, if, if you're comfortable, you got to talk to him about it. If he's a visiting priest and you don't know him well enough, you can ask the pastor, right? We had a guy here who changed the words of institution. And someone came to me, and again, this person yelled at me, so I didn't address it ever. <laughs> like, if you can't muster up even the things to be polite. A second person came and said, Father, this really bothers me. Can you help? Like, oh, yeah. And so I said to the priest, if you're going to pray mass with us, I I'd really love for you to pray the proper words. Well, these are the proper words. I know the translation. I'm like, I get you. I'm just saying I need you to pray the words the church gave us. Anyway, fine. <laughs> but what would the bishop do? It depends on the bishop. 
I think I've told you this, and I'm going to start talking, and I'm going to look at you to stop me if it's not right. You know, a key problem right now in the church, if you ask me, is priests and lay people have begun to think of bishops as CEOs or bosses. Uh, and so, like, there's a priest in our diocese who regularly writes awful things about the bishops, right? What do you do? Um, do we have a right to expect them to be striving for holiness? Oh, yes. Do we have the right to talk to them and assume they're heretics? No. No. Um there's a line we can't seem to find as American Catholics um, that doesn't involve, well, never think about anything the bishop says. Just do it. And I'm going to filter anything that challenges me that the bishop says through the lens of what I wish was true or what I'm convinced of. When a priest is made a bishop, we either believe this or we don't. He is offered a unique grace to be a successor to the apostles. So I can tell you, 25 years in, as a priest, one of the biggest struggles, and they remember I just told you about this, they just identified it, and the largest survey of priests ever done in this country, they believe they got over 90% of us to answer these questions. Do you know the number one phenomena for priest-bishop relations that they named was a sense of, well, I'm just a tool. Uh, to my bishop, right? And when he's done with me, he throws me out. Or if I'm broken, they throw me out. And a lot of priests feel that way. And that's an issue. And, and I've seen it. I've definitely seen it. But I've also seen this phenomena from the right in particular. It used to be the left. Now it's the right of I'm going to blatantly disobey my bishop and then I'm going to run to church militant or somebody and become a martyr. And it's like, no, you, you obey. You obey your bishop. And if it violates your conscience, then you work through that with your bishop. You don't run out and proclaim yourself a martyr. Yeah. Uh, and I've personally done this. Uh, so, and it did me good. It did my soul good. I was obedient um, when I was wronged, okay? It was good for me because, I don't know, I guess it's what happened to Jesus. So the trouble with asking the bishop to address a priest is I have been in a room when a priest who doesn't mind telling you to obey says to the bishop, and I quote, you need me more than I need you. Um, and know that, that if a priest is running out into media, I'm being persecuted, I'm being persecuted, there's an 87% chance it's a righteous persecution. And the way you can tell is by how they're reacting. That's it. That's what I got to say. A bishop is a successor to the apostles, or he is not. And I think we talked about this. Sometimes Francis confuses me. Pope Francis genuinely confuses me at times. And it's just my assumption that I need to grow. <laughs> right? I could say, and I do. I do. Like, I'm like, what is he doing? I just did this with the Middle East thing. Right? Where ISIS waltzed through the Middle East and, I don't know, killed every Christian they could find. They depopulated Christianity in Middle East, in your lifetime, there will be no Christians living in the Middle East unless there's some kind of conversion among the Muslims. Really? Did you realize this? They literally eliminated Christianity. So Pope Francis visits the Middle East and he tells the Christians there, work for peace. Right. Bro, they're not the ones who need to hear it. They're not the ones, you know, running around killing everybody. And I don't get why he did it. And it really bothered me. I thought, no, when you visit persecuted people, you comfort them. Right. You give them hope. He got in their grill. I read the speech. I was like, really, bro? But again, I don't know what I don't know. He's in charge, not me. Thank God you don't want me in charge. Burn down the Vatican. Um, for Jesus. <clears throat> if you put for Jesus at the end, it's legit. <laughs> Drive by scream.
So all this to say, you can give it a go. If you feel like you can talk to him, you know, charitably and say, Padre, what's up with this? Um, especially that doxology, there's no wiggle room on those words. They're not our words. They're God's words that he gave to us. So, uh, and if that doesn't work, you can talk to the pastor. We're following the biblical tradition here, Matthew 18. You go to the person. If that doesn't work, you go up the next step of the rung. And if that doesn't work, you go up the next step. A lot of American Catholics run right to the bishop, and then you can guarantee nothing will happen. You know, they got a lot to think about. So, did I answer that? Did I go off? I didn't want to go off, but I wanted to help. You're typing. Um, okay, next question. Does the church teach anything about when purgatory was created? Yeah, I think a good way to think of it is that purgatory is a place that always was. Um, that like Jesus, it just exists. It exists outside of time. How are we doing? Yeah. Okay. That's how can be eternal. So in that regard, a great way to think of purg is not to think of it as a separate place of heaven, but a part of the experience of heaven. Everyone in purgatory is going to heaven, or you could even say to some extent is in heaven. Purgatory, in the simplest way to explain, is our body and soul adjusting to heaven. Only perfection is allowed into heaven. That's why only Jesus can get us there. And so when we get there, I think I used this image before. If you think about if, if it's night and all of a sudden the lights come on and there's that moment like that, right, where you flinch and you cover your eyes, that's like purgatory but I'd assume longer. Again, time's not there. There's no time there. Uh, but um, it's the purifying and healing work of Jesus being done in us in a way he can't pull off on earth because we're tiny and breakable. Okay, how are we doing? Yeah? Okay. Don't hesitate to tell me if I'm not being cl clear, okay? Um... Okay, from Father Sean. My Father Sean? Yeah. Oh, I love you, bro. I do. I love him so much. Okay. I listened to your show on Wednesday, and... Oop. Sorry, the screen changed. You And you especially mentioned two things, Thanksgiving and green stuff. Now, as one who lives in the UK, I do not understand Thanksgiving, but I understand green stuff. My question is one for clarification. Green stuff. Are you actually asking your listeners for donations to Dad's salad at Thanksgiving? <laughs> no. Um, a fine question, my beautiful brother. Uh, the only donations to Dad's salad is bacon. <laughs> Maybe a hard-boiled egg. Yeah, Dad will eat a hard-boiled egg. He loves deviled eggs. Yeah. Um, and then second... Come Holy Spirit. Uh, and further, should we open this up to include not only salad stuff, but all kinds of vegetables and fruit, only if it's to destroy them? Yes. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this. Vegetables and fruits came after the fall. Uh, it's in the Bible. Don't look it up. Uh, Adam and Eve ate bacon-flavored steak. Uh, they had, uh, what is it called? Chicken fried steak for breakfast. And they had, uh, just to go a little bit healthier, they had turkey, bacon, ranch, uh, club sandwiches without the green stuff for lunch. And then they had steak covered in bacon for dinner. <laughs> you might think, that seems like a lot. Don't worry, they had beer too. <laughs> now, once the serpent deceived Adam and Eve, suddenly vegetables sprung from the ground. It's science. We love Dad and Marius. We love you too, bro. And uh, happy St. Martin of Tours Day to all. I should tell people about Martin of Tours. Can you help me remember when we get toward the end? Because yes. he's a great story, if you don't know. He's dead. I mean, you can take it. I mean, you, you, there's a lot of questions flooded in. So. Oh, okay. Let's take a look. Uh, on All Souls Day, the priest was wearing purple. And another, but another mass I watched, the priest was wearing white. Then watching the TLM, the priest wore black. Any reason for the different colors? Yeah, each are permissible. I wear black. 
uh, for All Souls Day. Um, it's new to me that priests are wearing purple, and it must have been in an article somewhere, because uh, you got to know priests. Like, w the way it works is all of a sudden, people act like they've been doing it, priests act like they've been doing it forever. <laughs> And I don't know what it is, but all of a sudden in the last year, I've never heard, 25 years, never heard one mention of purple at a funeral. Now in the last year, it's popped up all the time with the younger priests. So there was an article somewhere. Uh, but uh, I wear black. I think black is a great color for mourning. Um, yeah. Father Joe, technical, but perhaps silly question. If a husband or wife is declared medically dead, but revived and recovers, is their marriage dissolved since it's till death, or does it, it need to be a permanent state of death? Yeah, think of this phrase, uh, and it's gonna sound like I'm joking, but it's total death. What does that mean? Uh, the ability to give someone last rites continues for a, few, for a little bit after they're dead. Why? Because there's still things going on in there. It's not like a light switch. Um, as long as there are parts of the body that are still cooking, for lack of a better phrase, you're alive. Um, complete death is the shutdown of the body and the soul bugging out. Okay. So in that regard, if someone dies and is revived, they're still married. Unless they don't want to be. Then we just need some cash. Okay, I'm just kidding. We need a lot of cash. That's a cool question. It's a cool question. That does. That sounds like my boy Edward. Was that Edward? That sounds like him. That's a smart question. Okay. It was. It was. That was left over from okay. last week, so I don't know who it was, but it was that. Yeah. Okay. Would the perpetual virginity of Mary make the marriage of her and Joseph not valid? Oddly enough, in a weird way, if they were married under the new covenant, yeah, uh, it would render their marriage, but they weren't. They were married under the old understanding of marriage. And the only way that would be declared invalid is if Joseph decided it was, but he didn't. Yeah. Isn't that funny? As I understand it, you're looking at me. Did I say something stupid? No. Oh, okay. When's the... When's the cutoff there? Jesus on the cross. Okay. Yeah. Right? Jesus on the cross married us. And and um, I never know. This is Did so they awkward. Did have that understanding at that point that, no, it took him a while to it understand It took a while. It was pretty quick, though, right? Because John was teaching it. Okay. Right? And the key is St. John the Apostle, right? The key is this. And I, I don't know, guys. I, I don't know if I shouldn't say these things. I'm going to say something adult-ish. Uh, in case there's squeakers, but I, I think it's important for us to Five know. Years. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I was gonna make a joke, uh, but when you had weddings, consummation was when the you know the husband and wife were together sexually for the first time, and then the husband would bring out the sheet to show the blood. We saw it in The Godfather. Oh, did we? Godfather. Well, no. one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So the husband brings out the sheet, shows it to everybody, and says, it's consummated. And everybody, woohoo! And, oh my. Um, that was about legality. Okay, that was about legality. Um, again, love was not a part of marriage. It, it just wasn't, I don't know how, to, how weird this must sound to us now, the idea of love as a part of marriage, it just didn't exist. It was a political, social union. It's why, and I don't know, if you don't want me to go there, if God's people don't, just shut me up. It's why the church fought against changing the definition of marriage to include same-gender people. And I think the trouble the church ran into is... Nobody understands how we think. So it sounded like bigotry. But what the church was trying to do is assert a position of marriage that I think everyone in the world held for thousands of years. Namely, you have to make babies. You just have to, right? And how do you, how do we set it up so that 
babies get made, well, you take the one, the two kinds of creatures that are required to create a human and you put them in an exclusive relationship. Well, why exclusive? Well, then we know whose kids are who. And we know whose kids are going to take care of mom and dad. Does this make sense? And I know people, it's bigotry. The church is homophobic. And I, we got to pick a new word, by the way. Uh, really, because it's nothing to do with homophobia. And most times when people say, like, oh, it's homophobic, what they mean is something different. Homophobic means I'm terrified of gay people. Technically, I'm terrified of men. Uh, right? Phobos was the Greek god of fear, right? Who would roam the battlefield. Do you know this one? Phobos? And he, this Greek god would roam the battlefield and it said, if Phobos grabbed you, you could not, he would not let go. Meaning fear would consume you, phobia, and you'd run, okay? So homo means man. And so what we've tended to do, oh wow, I'm way off track. Okay. I'm so sorry. That's okay. Okay, so like if you were building a culture and there were no rules, no anything, and it was all on you, well, I think your first thing would be, well, how do we keep the culture going? Well, we need more humans. Great. How do we make humans? Well, you take one of those, and you take one of those, and you put their bodies together, and then they'll make a new one. Okay. So what we need to do then is set up something to keep those two in this union. You would create marriage. And love wouldn't really be a factor. Right? Um, is this awful? No. Okay. So the trouble is, and I hate how I sound, we're just not educated in philosophy. So we can say, well, why shouldn't gay people get married? Well, they, can have, they should have some kind of union. They need a legal protection. That's common sense. There should be something where we look and say, those two are all in together. Praise God. But I don't know that we should have called it marriage. Because marriage is a specific thing by which society propagates itself. That's it. And homosexual unions can't do that. They can do something lovely. But they can't do that. Am I making sense? Okay. Now, to try to explain that to a college student screaming at you because their feelings are hurt, you can't do it because they have no grounding in philosophy. They have no, I don't know how much we teach people to think anymore. We teach people to feel, which is good, and processing our feelings. But we don't teach people how to think. We don't teach people how to debate. We don't teach people how to be wrong. I'm wrong all the time, so I'm good at it. Uh, it's like I told you with the abortion debate. And again, I won't keep going back to this. I won't. I know we're all sick. Of, I'm sick of thinking about it. But again, there's only, this is the only thing. This is it. When is it a human? And how do you determine that? Well, what about medical necessity? Yeah, I'm all in. Well, what about... Okay. But is it a human? And if it's not, when does it become one? And what's our criteria? Because right now it is in our state constitution, now, that will. <laughs> if I decide I want it, it's human. If I decide I don't, it's garbage. Okay, and again, this is different than medical necessity. Do you get how screwed up that is? But I can't have that discussion. I have not, guys, I've been trying for years. I, would have said, I was at MSU for years. Never got anyone to engage it because they don't know how. No one's taught people how to think anymore. They only know what they feel. And again, there's a beauty to knowing what you feel. But there is a slavery to what we feel that we will never voluntarily shake. We'll have to die in some sense to work through. Is this? Okay. So now back to Jesus. Tall guy, crown of thorns. When he was on the cross, we translate, it is finished. What he said is consummatum est. It is consummated. And at that point, for us as Catholics, the understanding of marriage changed. And St. Paul wrote a crap ton about it. St. John wrote a ton about it. That 
Jesus is the groom, the church is the bride. So every time the church talks about herself, she says herself. She says she, and she has never varied from this in 2,000 years. That's how entrenched this is um, in our thinking. But you were never taught it. I was never taught it. Catholicism, the way I was taught it, was reduced to felt banners and rules, right? Catholicism, as we tend to teach it, is rules. And we keep forgetting rules are the symptom. Catholicism is the encounter, right? Religion, as we live it, as Catholics, is God's chasing me, and I'm learning how to get caught. Yeah? Yeah? My groom is passionately in love with me to the point where it scares me. That's religion. I'm the bride. You say, well, why don't men go to church? It's harder for men because we need to take on feminine souls at church. We need to become receivers, not initiators. And the liturgy plays that out in a million different ways, right? Even as simple as, the body of Christ, amen. We receive, God initiates. How we doing? And it's built into the male and female bodies, the truth of our souls. Men want to initiate. Women want to be entered, right? We talked about this, that the hardest thing for me, and I'm still not good at it, is if one of my sisters or Carrie or uh, any women tells me their problems, well, here's what I'd do, right? That's an initiator. Or it might be, no, I just want you to enter my pain. I want you to enter my confusion. I want you to enter my sorrow with me. Now, if, if I tell Chuck my problems and he's like, let me enter your sorrow. I'm like, yeah, you're fired. Uh, and I'm calling your wife. Yeah, right? If I come to Chuck with a problem, if you don't mind, bro, and I love you, it's to help me solve the problem. If I come to Carrie with the problem, it's because she's going to sit there and hurt with me for a while or, or ruminate. And I need both. Carrie needs both. Chuck needs both. Marnie doesn't need much. <laughs> the truth of our souls is expressed in our bodies. Yeah. And this all ties in us. We say to the, the, the gay marriage thing, to the abortion thing, to the liturgy thing. This is the concrete foundational understanding of church. And none of us were taught it. Right? The, the most conservative Orthodox schools are teaching kids rules. And the crazy liberal schools are teaching kids rules. And no one is going, this is Jesus. You can be nuts about him. He is crazy in love with you, like psycho boy in love with you. Like if he was a human, you would get a lawsuit. Yeah, he'd be looking in your windows. <laughs> he'd be showing up where you shop. Hey, how's it going? I just happen to be here too. And that love will hunt you down. Religion is our response to it. Yeah, I'm gonna receive. Why am I going to mass? to receive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How, did, how was that? Mm -hmm. I really went on and on and on. And on. Okay. Did you see how I did this? <laughs> Is the human feeling that we are slave to also the part... Whew. I don't get that one. Can you help me? Do you see it? Yeah, I do. I okay, so I need one of you to help me. Let's look. I think this is probably a really good question, but I'm a little, how you doing? It says, this is how I read it. Is that human feeling that we are slave to also the part that we are instructed to die to self in Catholicism? I'm not sure. I'm not sure what that means. So if you could help me out, that'd be awesome because I have a seed of what it meant. But uh, yeah, um, I noticed at mass, the priest, instead of breaking the host and dropping it into the chalice, I think they meant he... Oh, dunked the host and ate it? Yeah. Okay, that's called intinction. And um, and it's really a funny word. I don't know why it makes me giggle. Intinct. Um, so remember the whole initiator thing? I can't believe this ties in so perfect. So the priest can intinct. Lay people aren't supposed to. 
Why? Because the priest is standing in for the groom. He can initiate. Does that make sense? Yeah. You might think, well, that's silly. No, <laughs> that is the, the root of the whole thing. I am the bride. He is the groom. We are bride. He is groom. We reenact that chase, that cosmic love story. And how do we do it? We enter, or Christ enters. We receive. And then life gets made inside of us. We doing good? Yes. So what you saw the priest do is called intinction, and it's allowed. Lay people aren't supposed to do it, sorry. And it's because we're better than you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie rolled her eyes so hard that she actually saw behind her. You know, I, you know, <laughs> honestly, see, something like that, this, there's days that I, you know, whatever. There's day, it, It's my mood indicator. Oh, I got you. You know, one of my sisters, and I don't know if she wants me to say who, so uh, say she, she talks about breadcrumbs, right? And it's powerful to me. Because I can explain to you all day, well, you heard me. I buy this. But I also recognize there are feelings and realities of a misuse of this theology, right? And I know we joke, and I know, I believe you know my heart. But I know when someone says, why can't women be priests? I know the answer, and I buy it. But the way we live priesthood, which I don't think Jesus intended, makes that then, woman, you have less power. And that doesn't mean the theology's wrong. It means my tribe's wrong and how we're living that theology. Does this make sense? That the, the, the women who want to be ordained equate priesthood with power. And we can say, well, that's wrong. But we don't live like that's wrong. Does this make sense? If we live priesthood like I think we're supposed to, nobody would equate it with power. Right. Thank you. Okay, that made sense? Yes. All right. So that's what I try so hard. And I'll be honest, God's people, you can make it worse. Like, and we just talked about this. I write about it in the bulletin this week. When it's, I want this. So I'm going to go right to father. Why? You know, well, I need father's help. He needs to counsel my son. I don't know how to do that. But because I know, I don't know how, I got this guy who does. Well, no, I want to talk to my priest. Why? (laughs) Well, I I need my car fixed, so I'm going to go to my beautician. Why? Well, that's my beautician. Okay, see how your car goes. You know? My job, the reason Jesus made me, and God help him, who knows what he was thinking, was to pray mass, was to hear confessions, was to run to the hospital in the dead of the night, it's to teach, but somehow we muddled that up with CEO, CFO, Supreme Dictator for Life, and by the way, no consequences. You can be horrible at your job, and we'll just give you a bigger parish when you're done. You can be great at your job. You get a bigger parish when you're done. You get me? We made it a power position, and then we're surprised that women feel hurt by the lack of power. What did you think would happen? Um, am I making sense? No, it makes total, okay. total sense. I mean, the apostles weren't in a church where everybody came to them, and they were served throughout the Mass. Yeah. And that's what we have now. Yeah. <laughs> And, and, it, and it ends up being a thing. And again, like, I, I'm sorry, but you guys are the people, two of the people who have to say no on my behalf. And as a result, you're gossiped about, you're crapped on, and all because there's more expected of me than I'm capable of, and I'm expected to be good at everything. And there's two ways to deal, there's a few ways to deal with that. But if my way of dealing with it is, well, then I'll do everything, I'll be dead in a week. If my way to deal with that is to become supreme dictator for life, you'll get what you want and you'll have a bad priest. I can't have too much power, right? And everybody wants me to have it. 
Because then they get their answer quick. When they agree with you. When they agree, yeah. Mm-hmm. And when they don't, God help the games. <laughs> you have to remember, I, got, I just reminded myself of this last night. The reason we're all at church is because we know we're a wreck. And so I can't be surprised when that wreck bites me. And it's bit me a few times in the last couple weeks. But I'd rather that than the other. A church full of people who have it together. You know, God help those churches. Um, okay. Uh, is that human feeling? Oh, okay, it's the same. Sla- we are slave to also. <gasps> two O's. Let me try this. I think it's the kind of two that has two O's. Is the human feeling that we are a slave to also the part we are instructed to die to self in Catholicism? We're trying to die to ourselves. What does that entail? Okay, I got you. Okay, ready? All right, dying to self is the whole banana, right? Uh, Just like in marriage, the less it's about you, the better. In this divine marriage between God and us, the less it's about us, the better. And what is the dying to self? Dying to self is... Oh, I just said this this morning and not in sorrow or depression. I said it to Chuck. I goes, I just want to go to bed. And it was 8 a.m. Yeah, I was like, I'm done for the day. And it's 8 a.m., Chuck. Now, because I'm not accountable to anyone unless I pick it, I could have went to bed. Gary, cancel my appointments. And then I could have slept all day. And I have a book I'm reading that I'm just smitten with. And I'll be honest, that's part of it. I'm so embarrassed. I just want to curl up in my bed and read that book. Oh. And you know, I'm feeling overwhelmed. And it's one of those seasons in life where everybody wants a piece. I got 60 some texts here. I last night as dad, I just started crying. I was like, one more text and I'm dead. And then a text came in and I'm like, dead. So if I acted when this show started like I felt, I would be mumbly depressed boy. But I'm trying to act like I wish I felt. Yeah, that's dying to self. You don't need my drama. You need Christ in me. Oh, I can share my drama with you, and you're lovely. And I love it when you share your drama with me. That's not what I mean. But when I try to make my drama control things, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dying to self means, well, let's, let's talk turkey, shall we? Yes. Yeah? If you have two houses, that's an interesting thing when there's people without houses. Now, should everybody with two houses get rid of one? Not at all. People with three houses? Yes, they should get rid of one. Uh, and, and what should they do? Oh, I'll just sell it, save that money up. No, <laughs> that's not dying to self. You should give that third house. You should sell that and give the proceeds away. Don't give them to the government the waste it. Um, <laughs> yes. Do you get me? Dying to self means what I feel. And again, I acknowledge what I feel. And I muddle through it. But I'm not a slave to it. I die to what I want to be true. Um, As much as I joke about marriage. There are stages every priest goes through. I just had this talk with a young priest last week. Where you wish you were married. Right? And there are stages married people go through where they wish they were single. That doesn't make my celibacy less. That doesn't make their marriage less. It makes it all the more. Good, bad, sickness, health, right? Uh, dying to self. Okay, is that, is that help? Be honest. Yeah? Okay. Um, favorite cut of steak? Yes. The kind that is in front of me is my absolute favorite. Yeah, and especially if I didn't pay for it. Oh, I love those. Is there bad cuts of steak? Well, there's favorites for sure. There's which? There are favorites. Oh, okay, like New York Strip. Ribeye. Ribeye. Oh, those are the only two I know. Isn't that funny? I know what those two mean. enough. Yeah. (laughs) And thick, oh, thick cut bacon. This is what the Lord intended. Yeah. Uh, Now, Okay, don't go there. 
What? <laughs> I'm curious now. In the Hail Mary, when did the word amongst change to among? Blessed art thou among women. I never knew it was amongst. It used to be. Shut up, She's really? Age. Oh, cool. No, no idea. <laughs> and, and I will not change. Yeah, don't. Right? Mama loves you. And I mean that. People do this like, oh, Father, I fell asleep during my rosary. Good. I'm serious. Who doesn't? What mom doesn't want their kid falling asleep in her lap? You know what I mean? Truly. Oh, I fell asleep. Sweet. Mama loves that stuff. Ah, yeah, you do you, sis. Uh, did Father Bill live at Holy Family during his last days? We dearly loved him at St. Mary Pinckney, and he loved you. He lived here for two years. I think the last nine months he didn't. I don't know. Are you good at this? Yeah, so he lived here a little. Oh, he lived here more than two years, didn't he? He lived here three. I think so. Yeah. And then he moved out about nine months ago. Um, into uh, a really nice private home. Uh, the diocese gave him a little house uh, to stay in. Near, um, other, near the retired priest. So we yeah, so he was in community. Room. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you know what? Seriously, Pinkney person, he loved you. Like whenever we talked, all his parishes came up. But he loved Pinkney. He did. Y'all were good to him, except for that one gal. I'm just kidding. I totally made that up. Um, do you feel like we are near the end times? Sure. I always do. Uh, I, you know, I just, I certainly imagine our republic is collapsing. And if it collapses in the next hundred years, it'll still have a pretty long run for a republic. Because republics work the opposite of communism. Right? Do you know this one? Um, it's kind of funny. I've thought about this a lot, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> communism collapses because it obliterates opportunity. Right? And so what you end up with is a society that's incredibly poor and stays poor. Right? It, it never gets better. Um, capitalism collapses because there's a lot of opportunity. And the more, huh, nobody has enough money. That's it, right? People making billions want more money. That's the trouble. That's why republics collapse. Because they're, within a capitalistic structure, there is no means to stop the crazy train. Um, because humans don't say, yeah, I got enough money. I'm done now. Um, when they get money, they need more money. Uh, how are we doing? That's why republics collapse, because then money enters politics in a unique and powerful way. So, like, do you remember what? I'm going to say four years ago, but don't quote me. A story broke about how many U.S. senators were making a killing mm. on the stock market. Do you remember this? Why? Because they had insider information. So, if... Chuck's wife is in the Senate, and she comes home and says, Chuck, the government's buying a $300 million contract from Kerry's company, then Chuck's going to go buy stock in that company because he's not stupid. And they were doing this, and that's where you get like how fabulously wealthy these people are. Um, you know, my favorite being Bernie Sanders having three houses. That's <laughs> glorious. He wants you to be a socialist. Um, <laughs> but so do you remember this? So it all blew up about four years ago, and then they were forced to pass a law that insider trading is not allowed. Do you know they repealed that law two years ago? Very quietly. They repealed that law. And, of course, why didn't the media report on it? Because they're in on it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Do you, do you get it? So once we accept greed as a good thing, then the republic collapses shortly after. So, yeah, I feel like in terms of Jesus coming back, no, no freaking clue. But in terms of the end times for our country, absolutely. We have lost the ability to reason, and we put party loyalty above truth. And media won't do their job. You either have left-wing media that only tells you some things and doesn't tell you others. And you have right-wing media that only tells you some things and doesn't tell you others. And we don't have, I don't know, media. 
News. News would be awesome. News helps you and I hold government accountable, but we don't want news to do that. We want news to tell us you're right. Your party of choice is virtuous and good, and the other party is awful and terrible. And if you vote for the, if you don't vote for our party, then the demon party takes over. Oh, well, I don't want the demon party taking over. Right? It's like that comic I put up, right? When someone said, who do you think is going to win the next election? And I said, the government. It wins every election. Yeah. We lose. Yeah. <laughs> so do I think the end times are here for a country? I do. I think we're going to, and when I say that, I mean just as we are. I don't know if society will collapse as much as will become much less important. The dollar will be supplanted within the next 20 years. And once that happens, that's it. We're done. Yeah. In terms of our power. The nice thing, we have a huge country with an abundance of natural resources. And if we all agree to take the bullet and turn inward a little bit, I don't mean isolationist, but go back to a point where four farmers feed the county instead of, well, a farmer in California is feeding me right now as well as a farmer in Maine, and a far right, the, yeah, anyway. Whew. Um, okay, I think I'm gonna tell them real quick about what? No, you're oh, giving yeah, me a look. Is that a look? No. Okay. It's not a look? No. Okay. There's a, you, no. Oh, I'll look at it. Okay, it amazes me how I've seen, oh wait, a lot of us grew up, that one, you want me to read that? A lot of us grew up with the pre-Vatican II parents who have the idea that the priest is indeed the CEO of the parish and in charge of every aspect of the parish. We have the idea that we have to go to you first and fix things, so you educating us is so important. Thank you. Well, you know, you lay people will never understand. No, thank you. I mean it. Um, that was actually really sweet. And my, I'm, for some reason, that made me emotional. That's okay. Okay. It's one of your parishioners. Is it? Yep. Aw. Well, you know, they could be CEOs. <laughs> I think I told you this. Uh, and I think it's in the bulletin this week. I think I wrote this. Do you remember where that older priest literally said to me, Joe, when I was young, we were bored. Yeah. We had nothing to do. Um, and he retired the day he could because he's like, I can't do this. You know? Um, we're losing priests. Ah, thank you. I mean, one of the guys, you know, in our diocese just stepped down and I, and I called him and he's not, he loves his being a priest. He can't wait. He said, I just can't do it. I can't do it. It's so much that you're always thinking about. And, ah, I just wanted to hug him. It amazes me how I've seen people comment on your posts and how rude and disrespectful they are to you. Oh, that's all right. Uh, I was, <laughs> you wouldn't believe what they say to my face. Uh, I was brought up that all religious people are to be treated with utmost respect. Do you think that changes social media related or parenting? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's both. I think someone can type things like that without ever experiencing consequences, you know? Um, and, and I do think, no, I won't go there. Um, yeah. I don't think it's parenting. I don't either. I think I think social media came to everyone. It's it it it, it, it superseded the boundaries of family. Yeah. Every individual is in. And and we've developed this narrative. Yeah. That there are specific kinds of suffering that matter, mm -hmm. and there are specific sufferings that don't matter as much. And we've created this hierarchy, it seems to me, of victimhood. Yes. And so if I believe I am a higher level of victim than you, I can talk to you any way I want. Like, again, that conversation last night, and I was shocked, like I was being curt but some of it was because I was in a hurry, <laughs> and some of it was they weren't answering my question. They were like, abortion should be a right for anyone. Okay, when is it a human? 
you know, when does it become a human and how do you make that determination? Diversion tactic, diversion tactic. Okay, when does it become a human and how did you make that decision? Diversion tactic, diversion tactic. Now I'm getting mad. And then they're getting into all priests are rapists. And I said, it's 3%. Which is 3% too many, but it's much lower than most occupants. Oh, now you're denying it. Oh, God. So then I, I, I got curt. And I said, if you cared about child sexual abuse, then you'd care about it everywhere. But the church is just doing something you don't like. So you pick that one. And I said, there, that's out of the way. Now, when is it a human? And how did you make that determination? And you know what they replied? Do you talk to your parishioners that way? No wonder people stop going to church. <laughs> and why could she be so easily offended, but be really careless about giving offense? Well, she's a higher level of victim than me. Yeah. I'm a white dude. Yeah. I think. So the system broke down. And it used to be, if you were crazy, you weren't going to find that many people who were crazy with you because you were in a limited geographical area. Now there's 50 people just like you going, you're not crazy, you're right. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> right? I mean, there's stupid things I believe that people have called me on. I'm like, oh, crap, I was way off on that. But I could just as easily have found 50,000 people around the world who would digitally cheer me on. Oh, yeah. yeah, you're crazy is good. Okay. Yeah. I stumble all the time. What is that? No. Oh. Oh, you mean the stuff in my head? No, no. It says you never stumble. Oh, I stumble. Oh, my gosh. I'm they a... want to know, how do you retain all this information? What information? Everything you have. Your brain. Your... Yeah. Oh, we're talking about stuff I know. <laughs> Ask me about science. I'll be like... Uh, um, there's books. <laughs> Ask me about physics. Ask me about medicine. I'll be like, my, um, don't hit yourself with hammers. That's the extent of my medicine. No, we're talking about stuff I know. I'm not that smart. Um, no, I mean, I'm smart in a small area. But, okay, Martin of Tours, real quick. Can we do this? Okay, this will blow you away, I think. Stick with me. I'm sorry that Carrie went way over today. Uh, fourth century soldier, Martin of Tours. Uh, his parents wanted him to be a soldier. He wanted to be a Christian. And they were like, really? Well, anyway, he was good at being a soldier. And Romans had, Roman soldiers wore these capes and it showed your rank. It helped keep the water away from your body and it kept you warm. They were very valuable. Well, very helpful. How's that? So Martin of Tours was on his horse uh, when he saw a poor, cold, hungry beggar. So he stopped, took a sword, cut his cloak in half, wrapped it around the man, gave him his some food and drink, and then went home and went to bed. And when he was sleeping, he the Lord came to him in a dream, wearing his cloak, and said, Martin, that was me. I was cold, and you clothed me. I was hungry, and you fed me. And when Martin woke up, there was the cloak. Do you know this? You about oh, were you at mass? I thought you hated church. Oh, sorry. So he takes that cloak and he's like, holy crap, you know, and eventually it started going all over what we call Europe now from place to place so people could touch it, could see it. And then they began building little structures for it. So you find out that next year in our town or village, his, his cape is coming. So they would build these beautiful little structures so people could, and those little structures, they named after the cape, which in Latin is capel, which is where we get the word chapel. Hmm. The reason we have little structures that aren't churches, but are little chapels is because of that dude's cape. And can you imagine telling a Roman, what is that? It's a cape. No, that's a building. So love Martin, he, was, he rocked. Uh, and I gave, I thought, a good homily this morning about him. I did. Uh, I usually, I'm not sure about homilies, or if I feel good about it, I'll say it. I felt good about today's. <laughs> Drive by screaming. <laughs> okay, a lot of really good questions today. We will continue them next week. Okay, so we will get after it next Thursday, or wh whatever day this is. Uh, yeah, Father, you're smart, see? <laughs>
Next Friday, we will get after your questions. Wednesday, we're going to do Moses. And do we have a guest Thursday? I have to look. Okay, if we don't have a guest, we'll either finish Moses or start Queen Esther, because I love that chick. And that's who we're going to rock that woman. And Judith, right, who chopped a dude's head off. And tonight is trivia. <gasps> tonight is trivia night. Is it too late? No, I mean, we have two packets done up if, get, if we get two more tables. Okay, we can take two more teams uh, for our trivia night. And if you're interested in doing it, hop on our parish website and register your team. Yep. And we're going to have beer and chips and I saw popcorn. Uh, and I'll be hosting and Bill will be hosting. And it'll be a riot. So, I think. No, you. Oh, well, you know. <laughs> I'm a very pretty man. Salad pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Oh, Lord. This is not a shallow faith. It cannot be explained in sound bites or in tweets. And we're so grateful for that. We are grateful to be your bride. Where our job is to receive you and let that life grow within us. A life we then share with the world and with all of our sin and all of our brokenness. Your beauty is so much stronger. Thank you. And thank you for these good people who come with us every day on their crazy little journeys. Father, we ask you if it's your will to send us more young men who will say yes to the priesthood and not just to the duties of priesthood, but to the life of priesthood, not to the power of being a pastor, but to the beauty of giving of ourselves. We ask you to send your Holy Spirit and heal all the broken hearts. All those among us who are suffering or hurting or sad or beat up or tired or miserable. Oh, Jesus, wrap your beautiful hands around us. And until we feel that, Lord, help us to trust it. And Jesus, you know, <laughs> there are people we just love and we worry about them. And you know there are all these circumstances in our lives that we fret about. Well, we give them all to you. We lay them on your altar because we love you and we trust you. And may Almighty God bless all of you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. My Kung Fu is strong. I'll see you people either at Masses this weekend or on Wednesday of next week. Or both. Peace. Is it over? No, it's never.